because it's getting ready to be on. That's a lot of ranch dressing. Who doesn't like ranch dressing? I certainly don't want it thrown in my face when I'm expecting no. whipped cream. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you because you're really creepy. Awkward. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. I'm not certain that that format is ever going to work. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. I think it is time we demonstrated the full power of this station. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the program. Benson and those guys is brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions, highlighting the stories and the people of faith. It's not a faith program with sports, it's sports programming with faith. You can follow us on Twitter at BTG Program or visit our website. Find out more about myself, the guys, www.btgprogram.com. We also have past broadcasts and interviews there and um, all kinds of stuff. Pictures BT- of us. Pictures. Um, are we? Are we? There's pictures of us. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of creepy. I didn't know that. I, I thought we were still using the fake one. They're professional photos, though. Oh, well done. Story out of AP. Good luck in next year's Summer Olympics. Athletes are will be swimming oh, and boating cool. in waters so contaminated with human feces that they risk becoming violently ill and won't be able to compete in the games. Brazilian officials, though, have said that the water will be safe for the Olympic uh, athletes, but the government does not test for viruses, and extreme water pollution is common in Brazil where the majority of sewage is not treated. This is disgusting. There are places that you just kind of wonder, all right, why are the Olympics going there in the first place? They're the only... Three places that should host any Olympics. America, Canada, and England. Other than that, just every other place should stop hosting Olympics. Cause you, you get places like Russia. That was a nightmare. Like this is, this is awful. This is some of the worst news you could get leading up to the Olympics next year. Yeah. Well, sometimes the Olympics, and it, to me, it seems like there should just be one place that they should have it. And, I, and obviously I'm going to sound pro America, which I am, but I think it should be held in America, but not at the point where, Good for Boston when they told the Olympic Committee that I'm not I'm not paying for overruns. Boston Mayor was we're not getting involved in overruns. Take us out of the bid. We we will spend this much, but not a penny more. Nice. So there now the U.S. Olympic Committee uh, is or the whatever committee it is that tries to bring the Olympics are now starting from ground zero all over again to try and figure out what city for, I believe, it's 2024 Olympics. But my point is, I think it should be all those all the dollars that they spend on the Olympics to build these stadiums and these tracks and all these things, and then once the Olympics go, some of it's used, some of it isn't, which is why if it was in the same place all the time, they could just keep it up. You know what you needed. You know what you, you already have it, and it's in the same place, and just figure out where that place is yeah. and... And have it there. Does 
Didn't Greece lose like a billion dollars or something like that when they hosted the Olympics? I thought I heard that this week. Well, they're not really known for being fiscally responsible anyways. Yeah, but so. you're losing a billion dollars. You should not be hosting the Olympics. Russia should not have been hosting the Olympics. I, I like Benson's idea here. And, you know, I'm not, not even just saying it should be held in America every year. It could be held in England every year or Canada every year. I don't care, but not Qatar. Not a, not a place where half the athletes are going to be in danger of getting hurt. You know what? Let's just or keep swimming it. in feces. Yeah, that's it's just garbage. I say let's put it in Athens. That's where it originated thousands of years ago, right? Let's just, you know, build a big facility in Athens and just do it there every year. Currently, I think they would have a, a struggle supporting that financially. <laughs> it's a great yeah. idea, Zach. They've, they've like got it. enough things to worry about at <laughs> this point. You saw the chaos the other night at a city field surrounding Wilmer Flores and Carlos Gomez, and we're going to talk more about that later in the program, but in that very same game, Padres interim manager Pat Murphy pulled Justin Upton in the eighth inning, he says, to troll the media and uh, <laughs> kind of mess with them. That's awesome. He says he pulled Upton and, and Kemp late in the game uh, to give the press something to think about. <laughs> I like Which it. Which is a classic. I, I'm sure the guy was kidding, but that's awesome. You know, I'm going to pull him in the eighth inning just to get some sort of reaction from the news. And he got exactly what that. When Upton was no longer in the game, and of course being so close to the trade deadline, there was all kinds of, why is he not in the game? Has he been traded? Where? All the speculation in the comments and social media yeah. lit up. and The hug watch commenced. It, it was something to see. But we'll talk more about the Wilmer Flores situation with Carlos Gomez and the Mets and that. Just the Mets. It's the Mets being the Mets. That whole situation is all the Mets' fault. And then you got Ethan Bernarsh, a diehard Mets fan who started a GoFundMe page <laughs> to help the Mets get a, get that bat that they need. I think the page is entitled, Let's Get the Mets a Hitter. Uh, need more than that. GoFundMe? Yeah, I mean, I guess, th- I guess the York Mets City. are cheap. If some yeah. of what, what Zach was saying earlier... Um, not on the program, but off the air, Zach was saying that some of the reports are not that the trade didn't happen because of the health reports from mm-hmm. Carlos Gomez, that perhaps they had second thoughts of taking on the contract. Anyway, the Mets are just, they run oftentimes like a very uh, cheap organization. And, and you know, I like the Mets. I don't want them to do as well as the Yankees. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. But I, I like the Mets. But a GoFundMe page. For a New York City team. And I know this has nothing to do with the mess, but if anybody gives to this, you gotta have, you gotta be a special kind of crazy. And, and if you do, where is that money gonna go? It's not going to the Mets to get a hitter, obviously. But there's so many of these fundraising sites now. Uh, I'm gonna start one, just cause I'm poor. Well, whether you go on GoFundMe or something else, uh, are they, it's so watered down at this point. Would you, for anything, you're, you're, if you go and start a page for something that would be worthwhile, won't it get lost in the sea of ridiculousness like this, like this one? Or the, um, remember when the Patriots fans started one to pay the fee that the Patriots got in their penalty? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if you have a legitimate, you, you got an injury, you don't have health care or whatever, whatever your situation, somebody, a loved one ha- has a, a tragic illness and, and you're trying to afford 
the minute, whatever it is, it's a legitimate cause that people would give to it, but it's going to get lost in the sea of stupidness, like paying the fa- the the fine for a million dollar athlete or or a team. Just You're completely correct, because I had a friend whose mom had cancer and she started a GoFundMe, and it struggled to raise money, and, and that's something that legitimately, you know, you could actually give into that and it could help somebody, but instead we're paying Patriots fines and getting them at a hitter. The Cleveland Indians. Classy move by the Cleveland Indians. They won't tra- trade Mike Avila's while his daughter is battling cancer, saying that you, he doesn't need the stresses and upheavals of a trade uh, or even the the talk and, and the suggestion of a trade that surrounds it, the, the, his daughter battling cancer, and they're not going to trade him. They I want him it really a classy move by the Cleveland Indians. They're going to let him just uh, – be on be on the team, and, I, and I'm sure I, I said that wrong. Just let him be on the team. They're not just letting him be on the team. By all means, he is he has earned that right to be on the team. But uh, they're not going to trade him. They're going to have him worry about that sort of stuff, so he can just concentrate on getting his daughter healthy. And of course, we we wish the best of that. And as long as we're talking about baseball, and we've already mentioned the Mets, the Mets this past Sunday. Uh, in a game getting ready to play the L.A. Dodgers, found a baby raccoon in their clubhouse weight room. A baby raccoon. But here's the thing. They didn't talk called Town & Country Pest Solutions, who would have zipped right down there and got that. They, the Mets had a cage on hand. And I guess the the, 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 Why? the, the baby <laughs> raccoon was docile, and it just entered the cage on its own. No, No real issue around it, but... If you're a major league ball club, why why do you have this animal cage on? They're probably hazing to be on hand. It. I mean, what do they have a problem? He was probably there de- dealing steroids to Henry Mejia, and they had a cage from the last time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I would say to the New York Mets, if you have a problem with pest, call Town and Country Pest Solutions. That was a blatant plug. That was. Uh, gratuitous at best. <laughs> You're listening to Benson and those guys coming up later in the program. As we said, we're going to discuss the New York Mets, the Wilmer Flores, Carlos Gomez, Zach Wheeler trade that ended up not happening. We're also going to talk about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, the Seattle Seahawks quarterback dating R&B singer Ciara. I've got thoughts on that. Should he be? Shouldn't he be? You're listening to Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country. That's Solutions. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. The warm weather is here to stay, but so are those pesky critters. Bees are beginning to build their hives, ants are driving everyone nuts, and spiders seem to be popping up in every corner of the house. But thanks to Town & Country Pest Solutions, these nuisances can be no more. If you have a serious problem that needs to be controlled, give them a call. I'm not just advertising for them. I am a customer, and believe me, they have the solution for any pest problem. I've mentioned it before and it's still true. They have been in business for over 25 years and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company. Locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585 402 
585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Zach really going old school for some of these bumpers. What is it? Blue suede? Blue suede. All right. All right. Hey, you, the Blind Baseball World Series has been going on at the sports park. We've talked about that a couple of times here over the last few weeks. But watching these games over the last few days, and, of course, the championship game later this morning, you still got time to get out to the Grayson True Sports Park, 11 a.m., Hilton, New York. Admission is free. Concessions will be available. Could come come and see it, but this has been fascinating to watch. Twenty four teams from all around the United States, Canada, and Taiwan. Uh, just, I mean, this is over five hundred men and women. And I'm just, as I'm going around watching a little bit of each of the games and getting to know, these are some of the nicest people that have. Uh, this, the park is the park is full. We've been blessed to have so many nice people use our park but these folks are just exceptionally nice and i'm just what an opportunity to watch them play some of these guys are so good they're of course they're blind and when they're playing defense and there's a fly ball they're tracking the ball i mean they don't always catch it in fact they often don't but the strategy that they imply is just outstanding and my wife did see somebody catch it right in the air Track the fly That's ball, impressive. and it, the whole thing has been impressive. But if you haven't seen it, you still got time to come out and ch- catch the championship game later this morning. It is, it really is fabulous. I was really, um, you know, don't don't laugh at me. It was a little emotional as I'm watching it that they have this opportunity and they're so into it and they're cheering. Both teams are cheering for one another. Um, Rochester has an entry into this first year team, struggling never, a little bit, struggling a little bit, but. The thing is, every team they played knows they're a first-year team, and they're just they're supporting them. And and the kind of the mutual support has been awesome to see. And the people that put this together are just tremendous. What a great job this has been! But to see these guys have this opportunity to be part of a team, because you wonder if you lose your sight, most of your team sport activities are probably lost with it. But here they have this opportunity to compete as a team and have that social aspect of things, and they are into it. Boy, I'll tell you, they are into it. We talked in the opening about the Mets and that baby raccoon. What about that 10-foot alligator? <laughs> the Charlotte stone crabs. How does that get into your A 10-foot alligator. You got a cage for that? How about that, Charlotte? <laughs> the Mets had a cage for their baby <laughs> raccoon. You got a cage for that alligator? That's no little alligator either. Ten foot. Uh, it was in the visitors' dugout, of course. Yeah, it's on purpose, maybe. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson and R&B singer Sierra are dating. Of course, if you follow him on social media, you would know this because of the extraordinary number of pictures he posts of the two of them. Russell Wilson is a fairly outspoken individual about his faith, and I know nothing about the young lady except two things. One, she's incredibly beautiful, and two, based on her videos, I would not necessarily make the assumption that she is a believer. Some of her songs with titles like Love, Sex, Magic, Body Party, I'm talking blindly, I have no idea what these songs are about, 
but based on the images I've seen, I wouldn't make the assumption. And I'm not attempting to make any assumptions. But it does bring my, me to my point, should they be dating? I know some believers in Christ will date unbelievers and justify it by claiming that they are being a witness for Jesus, as if they spend their dates just debating theology, and maybe they do, evangelating, if you will. Now, before I completely disregard the merits of evangelating, I'm aware that some of the relationships actually succeed. Pro golfer Zach Johnsons, for instance, who recently won the British Open, says that he came to Christ because he was dating a girl whose faith was such an important aspect of her life that it caused him to question some of the misconceived assumptions of how awful the Christian lifestyle is, making those misconceived assumptions invalid. That young lady would eventually become his wife. I believe this, though, is the exception. It's not the norm. I, of course, have no statistics to prove that, but based on my very astute observation, I know this to be true. Here's one verse I want to share in regard to Russell Wilson or anyone else who is evangelating. It's 2 Corinthians 6.14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? I believe the Bible is clear that believers ought not to be in relationships with non-believers. And by the way, I looked, but I just can't find a verse that provides an exception if the non-believer just happens to be smoking hot. Paul's writing to the Corinthian church here in 2 Corinthians. He's warning them to be careful about some of the relationships they're entering into. And in the context of the passage, his main point is really to say, you know, I want for you to live a life not only a good one, but a great one, a blessed one. Don't hold yourselves back by entering into alliances or relationships or partnerships or friendships that might involve you in sin. Now, if you're not familiar, you're not an old-time farmer, the yoke is this crude uh, beam carved, carved out of wood, and it's laid across the back of the animals, usually oxen. Its purpose was to keep the animals in fellowship working together. Where one animal went, the other one had to go. Jewish law, in fact, forbade animals being unequally yoked. Deuteronomy 22.10 says, Thou shalt not plow with an ox and an ass together. God's laws are not random. There's a reason for them. And much like parents making rules for their children, he is doing so in our best interest if only we're obedient. By the way, this passage is often used in context of dating, but it should be understood that its principles reach far beyond marriage or dating, business, friendships, etc. Paul asks the question, what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness, righteousness being characterized by obedience to the commands of God? What do the two things have to do with each other? Someone who prioritizes their faith in Christ and is in some form of relationship with someone who does not have a faith in Christ they'll find themselves either drawing back from God or, or resorting to their former ways, or they'll find themselves in a constant struggle with great frustrations due to the divided interests. Perhaps a weak analogy, but it is easier to pull someone down than it is to pull them up. It's that conflict that made the old cartoon about the coyote and the sheepdog so humorous. Remember the coyote and the, the, the sheepdog? They'd show up from work to seem like pals. They'd clock in. I think it was Sam, Sam the, the sheepdog. And then they just 
go at it. They would battle for the eight-hour shift. What made that so funny was because it was a ridiculous notion that the two personalities with completely opposite values could be such good friends when the, when the end of the day whistle sounded. Paul further asked, what communion has light with darkness? When the light is on in a room, it is no longer dark. They cannot coexist. The, the room is either light or dark. We are, as believers, we are children of light, and we are to walk in the light. The Bible lists five obvious rhetorical questions in this passage to point out that these things simply do not go together. But as I said, God has our best interests in mind. I'm not saying it won't work out for Russell Wilson and Ciara. Maybe it will. But I have to think that something, somewhere, on someone's part, will have to give. I mean, let's just say it all works out and they get married. As an outspoken person of faith, will you want your wife making sexy, lust-inducing music videos? Isn't that a conflict of interest of what you say you believe? Something and someone will be forced to compromise. All people are hypocritical to some degree or another, myself included. And it's not just Christians. I hear that all the time. Oh, Christians are such hypocrites. Listen, hypocrites are everywhere. They're in the church. They're out of the church. They're in your workplace. They're in your home. There's hypocrites everywhere, myself included. But in the Christian realm, we can't just treat the Bible like a buffet, only picking out the things we like. Because God ultimately has our best interests in mind, we're provided four commands in this passage that results in four blessings to the believer. He gives us four promises for Christians to claim. But first, let me give you the commands. And he says, if you do this, I will do this. Four commands that, that were given about. Verse 17, we're told to come out from among them. We're to be separate. We're to separate ourselves from unbelievers. Not disassociate. I'm not saying live in some bubble away from them, but be careful of the alliances and the commitments we make. And be separate, says the Lord. Verse 17. Some are so much like the world that no one can tell the difference. We're to be different. People ought to be able to see the difference between believers and the rest of the world around us. If Christians go to the same movies, dress the same way, talk the same way, and do the same things as the people of the world, there's something wrong. Remember 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And don't touch what is unclean. All of us need to be separate. We need to keep ourselves pure and not be partakers of the sins of other people. First Timothy 5.22 says, Lay hands on suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other men's sins. Keep thyself pure. And cleanse yourselves from all unfilthiness of the flesh of the, and the spirit. That's, that's chapter 7, verse 1. There is filth in the mind. There is filth. Uh, connected with sins done in the body. And so many so-called Christians are involved in such filthy, sinful things. You need to step up your game. Discipline yourself. Don't be so weak. I know it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy. But if you could do those four things, stay away from what's unclean. 
cleanse yourselves, keep yourself separate, and 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 be apart. If you do those things, those four things can be summed up by the phrase perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Take a look at 2 Corinthians 7, one. Set apart, dedicated, and consecrated to God. It doesn't automatically occur or, or happen naturally when one is saved. It has to be worked out. It has to be prayed over. It has to be perfected. But if you can do those things, here's the promises that God gives us. One is, I will dwell in them and walk among them. There's an indwelling of God in every child of God. We're the very temple that God inhabits, and when you are in a right place with God, you can just feel his presence everywhere you go. Two, I will be their God, and they will be my people. The one true God desires to be our God, and we can be his people. And by the way, he is fiercely protective and blesses his people. Third, I will receive you. Know that God is always ready to receive you. When you go astray, he's always willing to welcome you back. And lastly, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. That's verse 18. No relation could be more tender and dear than this one. No higher honor can be bestowed upon a mortal man than being a child of God. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. God knows what is best for us, and he makes promises that if we would only obey him, the benefits of obedience would be tremendous. Be careful of the relationships, the friendships, the business associations, and such that you make. Make sure that you have the same values and, and, and the same source for those values by which you establish them. In the case of Russell Wilson and Sierra, it might work out. How do I know? But based on what the Bible says, I would hope he's very cautious. We all know how it turned out for Samson when it came to Delilah. Not that I'm saying they're the same people. I'm just saying in those relationships, be careful. 2 Corinthians 6.14 is clear. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. The 2015 National Beat Baseball Association World Series has been going on all week here in Rochester at the Grace & True Sports Park in Hilton. Later this morning at 11 a.m. is the championship game. Come on out to the Grace and Drew Sports Park in Hilton. Free admission. Concessions are available. That's today, August 1st, the championship game with the National Beat Baseball Association World Series. What is beat baseball? That is blind baseball. It is fantastic. It has been something to see all week long with the championship game later this morning, 11 a.m., August 1st, Grace and Drew Sports Park in Hilton. Welcome back to the show. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions at BTG Program. The Miami Marlins got some revenge on the Washington Nationals. All year the Nationals have been playing like slow ballad music, Sarah McLean, Sinead O'Connor, Elton John during the opposing team's batting practice. 
So the Miami Marlins, when the Nationals came to town, uh, they tried to play a Celine Dion song. That didn't get over. So they decided to um, just play fart sounds. <laughs> so the Miami Marlins trying to get to the Washington Nationals. I don't think it worked. The Nationals seem to find some humor in it, but uh, <laughs> That's the, great. the reports are that a couple of them, they, they turned the volume way up <laughs> so that a couple of them just echoed throughout the stadium. <laughs> the best part is there's fans in the seats watching this who probably have no idea what's going on. Or, or looking at the person next to them. Yeah. I mean, Either way, fart sounds are funny, so I'm cool with it. They, they are funny. Thumbs up to the Marlins. Iowa lineman Drew Ott. Last week at the Big Ten Media Days, you've seen Rocky movie, the the raw egg and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, Drew Ott has a different take on that. He eats the whole egg <laughs> with the shell, <laughs> shell and all, just pops pops it in there. He says, as a kid, his uncle bet him five dollars that he couldn't eat a raw egg, and he and the uncle. This is classic, probably unmarried uncle guy that comes into town, you know, <laughs> once or twice a year. Uncle Rico, you know, yeah. I guess he he bet him five dollars that he couldn't eat the raw egg, and he made him have the egg sit in his mouth, so he really got the taste <laughs> of it. But Drew Ott was he was going to win this challenge, and uh, the uncle was hoping the kid puked everywhere. He ate the egg, and he just he kept it down. He was going to win that five dollars. So now he eats eggs, and he says sometimes if he's just feeling lazy on a Sunday and doesn't want to cook the egg. He just kind of eats them. <laughs> Shell and all. Just pop it in there like it's popcorn. The most foolish move I've seen is sometimes New York Mets relief pitcher Henry Mejia. Henry Mejia was suspended for using PEDs. He got this as a second offense. He got the full 162 games. And not only was he using PEDs, but I'm, I, my understanding is that he was using the giant horse pill PEDs. He was going full boat. The the foolishness comes in. He had just returned from an 80-some game suspension mm-hmm. on July 7th. That's three bad. weeks ago. <laughs> three weeks. This is bad. What, what do yeah. you think? That sort of has to be intentional, doesn't it? What is it you're trying to do? You've got to try hard to be that stupid. And I'm sure the guy's not stupid. It's got to be... I can't think of why you would do this. You can't be that foolish. Are you trying to get out of a contract, or, or, or is baseball well, is just with not the your thing? I I don't understand. I mean, he's a pretty decent pitcher, but how do you not do that? You got to know that you're getting tested more than anybody else because you've already failed one test, and now you get plunked for 162 games. That makes no sense at all. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to get in trouble like Colin Cowherd did, but boy, in the same week that Colin Cowherd said that Dominicans uh, um, has not known what he said, not been known in my lifetime as having, you know, world-class academic abilities. You can't say something like that if you're Colin Howard. But then Henry Mejia goes out and does something like this, and you got to go, you're not making anybody look good here, Henry. Yeah. Now, yeah. uh, having been uh, a number of times to the Dominican Republic on missions trips, I've gone into some places where, um, boy, the opportunities just aren't there. They're they're working for everything. They're in the sugar cane, and, and 
It's really tragic. It's uh, Zach, you've been with me. I remember the first year that, that you and I went, and right across the street from our resort and golf course, there's a guy breaking rocks with a sledgehammer all day. Like, that's where some of these people are coming from. Yeah, so schooling opportunities just aren't, aren't there for everybody there. Some of those folks that play in the Dominican Republic, baseball is their, their ticket out. It's what they know. They do it all day long. And the problem in that is what happens if that doesn't come together? Uh, a lot of ministries established in the Dominican, the, just exactly that, to be there for those people that don't get the ticket out that they counted on. But what Colin Cowherd said, and I understand the point he was making. I don't know what how serious he was, but to just w- write off a group of people like that I think is fairly offensive. But I thought ESPN was so quick to just let him go and I understand he had resigned anyway, so there was there's more to that story, mm-hmm. and it was almost um, as if, to use a line somebody said, uh, one of you guys said it, ESPN is not going to let somebody break up with them. They're going to be the one who breaks it off. Exactly. And they were it, looking for something. Yeah, and I suppose if he's only got a couple of weeks left, they're not going to let him practice, or uh, he doesn't need practice, but he's, they're not going to let him prepare or work some kinks out for the next show that he's doing at Fox or wherever it is he's going. But uh, I thought he's been he's been entertaining. I kind of like him. I don't agree with everything Colin Cowherd no. says, but he's one of the guys. I don't listen to a ton of talk radio just because of my schedule, but when I'm going somewhere, there are certain shows that I – I like to put on just for the five or ten minutes it takes me to get across town or 20 minutes that I'm in the car. And Colin Cowherd is one of those shows that I find entertaining, but I don't always agree with him. And certainly in this case, when you're saying that Dominicans don't um, are, are not known for having world-class academic abilities, I'm sure even here, Henry Mejia is not stupid this is a foolish move, and it's just the reason I brought it up is because I don't understand how somebody could be that foolish when you've just been suspended, just gotten back, and three weeks later you're getting dinged again for the same offense. There's a pro- Is there a d- addictive nature to it? Is there something like there's a nicotine thing? In, in my work, I get a lot of people that they're not supposed to smoke where I am, and sometimes... They do, and if they go away from everybody else and they go out in the parking lot, I don't say much. I ask them not to throw it on the ground because I don't smoke. So the whole thing is just nasty if, I, if, if I'm if i having to pick it up. So I'll say, look, man, there's really no smoking here, but I know in my mind that they have an addiction, so I, I kind of look the other way. As long as they cooperate with me, don't throw it on the ground. I mean, I don't know why smokers do that anyway. they got an ashtray in their car. That's an amazing thing that I think. They got an ashtray in the car. They don't put it in their ashtray. They throw it out the window. Like, it just automatically goes away. It doesn't. It'll, well, it goes away out of your car. goes away out of your car. And I asked one one time, a friend of mine who is a smoker, I said, well, why don't, why don't you put it in your ashtray? Well, I don't want my ashtray all filthy and dirty. Well, That's what it's for. What do you think? We, we want, want the, the outdoors all filthy and dirty. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Now, I honestly think this whole thing comes back to something we've mentioned several times on this show athletes are told they're special from a very young age 
all the way to the pros. You make it to the pro. You are a special athlete. Maybe he just doesn't think the rules apply to him. Look how long it took A-Rod to finally get it through his head. Yeah, you might be right. Maybe he's thinking that I I am special. The the rules don't apply to me, and somebody will cover it up. Somebody will take care of it. I'm always been taken care of. Somebody will take care of me. But uh, the mess went out and got Tyler Clippard, you know, to replace him. And this poor fella here, based on his foolishness, this is going to cost him maybe even a career. As I said, he's a good pitcher, but he's been out for eighty some games. Now you're going to be out for another hundred and sixty two games. By the next time you play, you'll have only pit- – I don't know how many innings he pitched uh, since he got back, seven or eight innings maybe. Um, if that's what you have to show for two years of work, that's going to be a hard comeback. He's so. going to be stashed in the minors, probably not with the Mets. He's probably done, and he's going to have to prove himself and work his way back up all over again. It's it's just foolish decisions. So often we make decisions just in the moment, and we don't think down the road the consequences that it's going to cost us later. We think, well, whatever it is, I can, uh, I can, I can have this alcohol and then drive, and and you know, tragedy happens, or uh, whatever it is, I can just try this highly addictive drug, and uh, your whole life gets ruined. I can have that momentary affair and uh, for those few minutes of 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 pleasure you're throwing away a, a reputation and a mar- it's just all these times it's, and same thing here with Mejia for whatever reason and that's the thing that's driving me crazy about this story for what I can't figure out why he would do it what's the benefit to it you're already a good a, a decent pitcher you got a, a career you're not really at risk right now for losing your job. You you had a pretty, you had a solidified spot in the bullpen. What's the benefit? What's the payoff for it? Why would you risk that? I I just I don't understand. Uh, me neither. And if Mejia isn't foolish enough for his his own actions, of course, you know, uh, he's suspended from baseball. Sheldon Richardson of the New York Jets charged after driving 143 miles an hour with a handgun and a 12-year-old in the car. And remember, he was just suspended because he failed a marijuana test. Officers said they spotted the vehicles, uh, appeared to be road racing. They clocked the vehicles three times at 122, 135, and 143 miles an hour. Uh, With a 12-year-old, and the officer says everyone in the car smelled like marijuana. That's where I have the issue is the 12-year-old. If you want to take your life into your hands driving a car like that, you absolutely shouldn't. If you if the handgun's legal, you have a permit. I don't, you know, that's fine, whatever. But you got a 12-year-old kid in the car, come on, man. That's that's in in no way or shape or form should that. The officer's quoted as saying after he pulled up behind Richardson's car, I ordered Richardson and his two adult male passengers out of the vehicle at gunpoint due to Richardson appearing to reach for something between his feet upon being ordered to stop. A fully loaded semi-automatic handgun was recovered from underneath the driver's side floor, floor mat of the vehicle. Uh, that's foolish. And Zach, your point is well made. Do what you want. You want to take steroids and ruin your own career. Although, uh, you know, your sin always affects other people, and I'm sure even being suspended will affect other people. But this, 
this is this is disturbing. But let's go ahead and legalize marijuana everywhere. Uh, I I know all, so many of the arguments, but for those of you that say every person that's high on marijuana is just mellow and harmless, you're fooling yourself. Sheldon Richardson is got to be everybody's pest of the week at this point, but uh, we'll get to that later in the program. You are listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. The warm weather is here to stay, but so are those pesky critters. Bees are beginning to build their hives, ants are driving everyone nuts, and spiders seem to be popping up in every corner of the house. But thanks to Town & Country Pest Solutions, these nuisances can be no more. If you have a serious problem that needs to be controlled, give them a call. I'm not just advertising for them. I am a customer, and believe me, they have the solution for any pest problem. I've mentioned it before, and it's still true. They have been in business for over 25 years, and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Welcome back to Benson and those guys. We're glad you've chosen to be with us. BTGprogram.com is the website. You can go there, find out more about the fellows, about myself. We have previous broadcasts and interviews archived there. I believe you can even buy a T-shirt to support the program or just make a donation if you like what you hear. So earlier this week, the Mets traded Wilmer Flores to the Milwaukee Brewers in a deal that was designed to bring back slugger Carlos Gomez, who was to be the bat that the Mets so desperately need to have a chance at winning the NL East. Stealing it, perhaps, from the Washington Nationals, who so many, including more than one of us in this studio, penciled in as the World Series champions considering the pitching staff they've assembled. The deal also included Zach Wheeler, but you know the Mets were Going to have to include one of their numerous pitching prospects if they're going to get back the top-tier bat they needed. You rarely get something for nothing. And if you have to trade a young arm, why not trade the one who is recovering from Tommy John surgery? After all, you've gotten a good look at what life would be like without him. And considering that you're in the hunt for a division title, I think you can live without him. you got to give up somebody. But the whole thing came undone when, according to reports, the Mets became concerned about a hip condition or hip injury to Carlos Gomez. Now, at the time we're recording this show, maybe it gets reestablished. Maybe they go out and they get a different bat. But this, this was one of the weirdest trade scenarios I've ever seen. It was the way that it was handled that was just so troubling. Flores was still in the game after the deal had reportedly been made. Should teams be responsible to remove a player from a game or scratch them from a lineup if a trade is, is is imminent? I think probably. But then again, why? 
especially considering that sometimes deals fall through, as was the case with this one. I suppose you got to put the lineup on the field that gives you the best chance to win, even if that includes a player who may be dealt elsewhere before the game actually ends. I suppose just don't get caught using another team's player is as if the case the other night, a trade is made mid-game and you still haven't gotten them out of the lineup. It seemed everyone in the stadium, everybody at City Field, knew Flores had been traded, except for Flores himself. He got a standing ovation as, as fans were saying their goodbyes. He found out from fans sitting near the dugout. He was seen crying on live television as he dealt with the emotions of leaving the Mets and many of his friends for a new team. He's always been a Met. I guess there is crying in baseball after all. You know, I thought for a time it would be cool to be a sports reporter, but I'm kind of glad that didn't happen. For one, I love where God has me. I love being in ministry. And secondly, just so many sports reporters are on par with the lowest forms of life as they hide behind the notion that they're just doing their job. I mean, jamming a camera or a microphone in someone's face just to capture a moment with little or no regard for the effect it may have on that individual or their family. And now we live in a society where people are more interested in capturing the video of a crime or perhaps the immediate aftermath of a tragedy rather than offering their help or comfort. And for what, their 15 minutes of YouTube fame? It's sickening, and you know, if you're that person, you're disgusting. But many reporters, and many of those covering for internet news sources whose credibility is as weak as their reporters are, many reporters, in order to get the story out, are, for, are, are first putting, are, are putting out inaccurate information just to get out first. Have you noticed that trend? Do you notice how many news reports now acknowledge the as first reported by so-and-so? Heck, last week an athlete, I can't remember who it even was, announced via Twitter or Instagram or something that he had signed a contract, and after whatever blowhard at whatever sports station reported it, the reporter was then upset when yet another station also reported it without having given him credit for the scoop. I mean, you dope. Come on, wasn't the athlete himself the original source via social media, not you? Well, in this rush to report something the other night, Flores was Flores was, was upset. He was emotionally broken, albeit unnecessarily. This didn't have to happen. And okay, you can make whatever joke you want about him crying or needing to man up, because, yeah, I, I'm sure you're so tough. But this is the same thing that happens at lunch tables or break rooms of workplaces everywhere. People get a little piece of information and in a heated rush to show how much they know or how on the inside they are, they spread the information with little regard for the problems it creates or the heartaches it causes. It's gossip. James chapter 3, verse, verses 2 through 8. I'm going to read a couple of verses here. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. Verse 5 says, So also the tongue is a small member, Yet it boasts of great things. 
How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire! And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. Are you picking up what God's saying here? The tongue is a problem. Proverbs 6.16 says that there are seven things which are abomination to God. He hates these things. And among that list in verse verse 19, excuse me, is a false witness who breathes out lies and one who sows discord among brothers. Now, knowingly or not, if you don't have your facts right and you're spreading lies, gossiping, you're creating discord among people. Don't you think that the incorrect information was causing problems the other night? Wasn't it unnecessarily creating animosity among some? I mean, perhaps it was causing even distrust, hurt feelings, anger, other bad feelings. Two things. One, get your facts right. And two, keep your mouth shut. But at the same time, doesn't Terry Collins, doesn't somebody on the New York Mets have some sort of responsibility to see, to identify what's going on and go talk to the player? and protect him to some point? I mean, come on, how New York Mets is it to just mismanage yet another situation and have your player in a game with his head completely out of it? He's somewhere else. Good for Wilmer Flores, handling it like a professional. Children are told that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. That child's rhyme isn't really true. It's never been true. Now look, I'm not as dumb as I look. Heck, nobody's as dumb as I look. I get the idea behind the phrase. Don't be dictated by the words or opinions of others. But the sting of a word spoken against us can hurt long after a broken bone has healed. It may even hurt an entire lifetime. You all have those things that, man, you remember that somebody said about you and it just hurts and you've never forgotten it. The power of the tongue. I don't know that Wilson Flor, or excuse me, Wilmer Flores is going to forget this anytime soon. It hurt. I feel bad for him. I just think the whole thing was mismanaged in this age of social media. And I don't think any of the teams or the sport leagues really have figured this thing out. But there's obviously leaks somewhere in their system. When this thing is out on social media and sites like TradeRumors.com, which I love, MLBTradeRumors.com, I love that. But they seem to know before the teams even know. And they're reporting things, and it becomes a real awkward situation, as it did the other night. But what others say to us and what we say to others can last a long time. And that could be for good or for evil. The casual, sarcastic, or critical remark It can cause such a lasting injury on another person. But so can the well-timed encouragement. The compliment can inspire someone really for the rest of their life. A wild animal can be more easily tamed than the tongue can. In fact, James is telling us that no man can tame the tongue, but yet it can be controlled. I read somewhere that there's a tombstone of Arabella Young, who according to the stone died on May 24th, and the tombstone reads, Beneath this stone lies Arabella Young, who on the 24th of May 
began to hold her tongue. Sometimes death is the only thing that gets us to stop the gossip, to stop the talking. The fewer words, the better. So I love that movie, movie Babe, about the pig at the very end. That'll do, pig. That'll do. I love that bit. No man can tame the tongue, but we can, we can see it brought under the power and the control of the Holy Spirit. We might say that only God himself is mightier than the human tongue. The tongue can be used for the high calling of praising God, but it can also be used for cursing and hurting people. And those who are believers, it ought not be both. Our speech should be consistently glorifying to God. We shouldn't use one vocabulary or one tone of speaking at church and yet a different one at home or on the job. But how many people are that way? James 3.11, Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Like a spring of water, our mouths shouldn't send forth fresh and bitter from the same opening. If bad water continues to come forth, it means there is no contradiction. The spring is bad. And, the, and of course, the spring is our heart. We need to get our hearts right. Our speech is a reflection. I use this analogy all the time. If you get an apple tree in your front yard and it's not producing apples, there's two things it could be. One, it's very, very sick. It's got an issue. Or two, it's not an apple tree. And the same thing with Christians. If you don't see fruit, if, if our speech is not pleasant to God, if it's not glorifying, then there's two things. We're either very sick, we either got a sin problem, or maybe we're not Christians. Jesus taught that a man's words are a reliable revelation of his inner character. What we say can indicate truly what we are. Think before you speak. James 1.19, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. It was Alan Redpath who once formed a simple formula to uh, about, about speaking of any person or subject that was perhaps controversial. My, my pastor, Pastor Grace, repeats it many times. T-H-I-N-K, think. Before you speak, think. T, is it true? H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? Or, or, or is it important? N, is it necessary? And K, is it kind? Man, what if you did it? What if before we spoke, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? What does your tongue say about who you are? Controlling what we say is demonstrating the faith we have in Jesus Christ. If we are a believer, our speech will prove that. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. The 2015 National Beat Baseball Association World Series has been going on all week here in Rochester at the Grace and True Sports Park in Hilton. Later this morning at 11 a.m. is the championship game. Come on out to the Grace and True Sports Park in Hilton. Free admission. Concessions are available. That's today, August 1st, the championship game of the National Beat Baseball Association World Series. What is beat baseball? That is blind baseball. It is fantastic. It has been something to see all week long with the championship game later this morning, 11 a.m., August 1st, Grace and Truth Sports Park in Hilton.
Now the moment we've all been waiting for. Tom Brady wears Uggs. I have no knowledge of anything. I have no explanation for what happened. The highlight of the show. I'm not going to let our fans down. The reason people tune in week after week. Said no one ever. Darren's Unreasonable Rant. This week has been a busy one in sports with the MLB trade deadline and NFL training camps beginning. We'll start with baseball. Troy Tulowitzki is now a Blue Jay. He was essentially swapped for Jose Reyes. And while Reyes was packing his bags, he promptly pulled a muscle. He's been placed on the 15-day DL. Speaking of the Blue Jays, they are now the greatest third-place team money can buy as left-handed ace David Price is headed north of the border to join the team, giving him the opportunity to miss the playoffs in another country. The Cubs were no hit by Cole Hamels in the Phillies, making this the first time a major league team was no hit by a high school junior varsity team. Moving to football, earlier this week, no one in the NFL got arrested for two straight hours, setting a new league record. The Browns, Raiders, and Jags jointly proposed playoff expansion to 32 teams. Tom Brady's suspension was upheld. Unsurprisingly, he's handling it poorly by making ISIS jokes, and Jets fans flew a cheaters banner over the Patriots practice, making it the only banner the Jets have flown in over five decades. And finally, the Bucks have signed forward Brittany Griner, who will continue to play in the NBA under her alter ego, Chris Copeland. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, so we go around the room to close each show and give our Pest of the Week, and my pest was going to be Paul and Kelly Goodrow of Watertown, Massachusetts. These two Patriot fans were going to, well, they got married back on May 9th, but they have postponed their honeymoon until after Tom Brady's suspension, after the deflate gate thing gets cleared. By the way, Paul has the faces of Brady, Bill Belichick, and Teddy Bruschi all tattooed on his upper right leg this guy they were going to, to be in the head they were going to be my pest of the week but how can you not make it the mets the new york mets for doing what the <laughs> new york mets do can you remember nolan ryan do you remember tom Seaver? never heard of him and now you nix a trade for carlos gomez who ends up with the houston astros my real pest of the week is the new york mets and speaking of the carlos gomez trade we are going to have a special trade deadline review podcast only episode Available after this show airs on our website, btgprogram.com. My pest of the week is Des Bryant. He got really angry on Twitter about his speed rating in the new Madden game, which is 89. Jamal Charles is one is of the fastest low. guys around. Well, Jamal Charles is one of the fastest guys around, and he's only a 92. So I feel like on that scale, Des Bryant's doing all right. Des Bryant, worry about your actions on the real field. Washington Nationals, they're, they're my pest of the week for their repeatedly just horrendous handling of, of uh, closer, then former closer, then closer, and now, again, former closer, Drew Storen. In 2011, he had 43 saves, but his ERA was a little high for a closer at 275 with a with a whip just over one. They take away his closing duties. He keeps his head down, works hard, gets it back this year, having a great season. And they go out and sign for Papelbon. I mean, trade for Papelbon, who they don't need. I, I understand Storen's uh, anger, wanting to talk to his uh his agent, I do the same thing. So the Nationals, they need to treat their players better, especially ones that are doing a very good job with what they're doing. Benson and those guys has been brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. We want to thank you for joining us. You can visit our website, btgprogram.com. Follow us on Twitter, at btgprogram. You have one more opportunity to get out to the Grace and True Sports Park, 11 a.m. this morning, and catch the, 2000, the championship game of the 2015 Beep Baseball World Series. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Best Solutions.